Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I could tell you got what you wanted for Christmas. All right, let's stand. Hold your Bibles up high. Welcome all of you watching online. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated again. Welcome all of you watching online. Uh, we're kicking off this year with a series entitled The Purpose of Purpose. And uh, when I told Susan about this, she asked, well, what does that mean? You know, I mean, it's like the purpose of purpose. Well, purpose has a purpose. And today we're going to talk about that because oftentimes in life, we, we live life by a passion, a motivation, an inspiration. People say, man, I, I feel it. And uh, not all the things that you feel are from God. So in other words, sometimes, you know, you, you say, man, I, I, I feel like working out and two weeks in, you're done. You know, I always tell people, I said, join the gym, and, but don't go until February when everybody else is gone. You know, because there, there's a passion. And, and the problem is passion's good. But passion without purpose will be misguided. If you have a lot of passion, but you don't know where you're going, say, man, we're going to take a trip. Where are you going? I don't know. Well, if you don't know where you're going, you won't know when you get there. So you have to have this knowing, and that's what, where purpose comes in. And used to, uh, for years, I would kick off every new year with a vision casting Sunday. And I would talk about vision and the things you want to see happen in 2024 personally and professionally, vocationally, I want to raise, I want a promotion, I want my marriage to be better, I want my kids to act right, and, and you know, all those things, man, I'm, I'm going to make more money, and I'm going to, and, and it usually stops there instead of saying, I'm going to serve more people and give more money, you know, it always begins, and think about this, and this is the real problem, our flesh and our humanity is always thinking about self and self-preservation, and God wants us to expand that and have a greater purpose than just what can happen to us and for us, but what we can do with what happens to us and what we can do with what happens for us. You see, vision is the what of life. What I want, what I want to see happen. Vision is the what. Purpose is the why. So in other words, if, if let's just use the gym because every year I, I love exercising and I have for 27 years been diligent and even before that I took a few years off. But what I realized was the reason a lot of people leave the gym after three weeks is they had a vision when they came in, but they didn't have a purpose. In other words, well, you know, and most of the time they say, well, I had a purpose and it was to look better. Can I help you with something here? The reason most people quit because you ain't going to look better for about two years. I mean, people go, I, you know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in it. And, and three weeks in, you look in the mirror, and you look exactly the way you did 
on January 1. And you will. And don't feel bad about it. But because our purpose was so shallow that I want to look good, there's nothing wrong with looking good. But, you know, some of y'all, I don't want you to lose weight, man. I mean, you wouldn't look good if you lost weight. We like you the way you are. You jolly, baby. We're giving all kinds of fat cells permission today. All right, so, but, but, and some of you say, but, you know, the greater purpose is, I think I need to get healthy. I think I really just, and, and if you go with the idea of, if I do this, I'm going to be healthier down the road. I might avoid hip replacement, knee replacement. I, I might avoid a heart attack and all these, you see what I'm saying? So the purpose is critical to longevity. If you do not have a, a, a purpose with longevity, something that will carry you to the end of life, you will end up fading or quitting. Now, when I first got born again, my purpose was I don't want to go to hell. I mean, that's a decent purpose, wouldn't you agree? But after, after a while, I don't want to go to hell doesn't really work that well. Because you think, I'm all in with God. Everything's kind of cool. I don't need to serve him anymore like I did. I don't need to have the same passion. And you run out of fuel. But as I continued, because I, 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 I was being taught you can be saved and, and not go to church. You know, that was all that grace thing. And, and I always tell people, I said, yeah, you can be saved and not go to church, but you'll go through to hell, go through hell getting to heaven. We need church. The Bible tells us we need to get together and fellowship and thank all ten of you. I'm about ready to kick the lights on you here in a minute if you don't straighten up. But as I continue to serve the Lord and I continue to hear messages, how many of you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? And most of the time, most people, and I'm not saying this to be critical, but most of y'all don't go home and listen to sermons throughout the week. You know, you're going to listen on Sunday, and you might pull us up and have a couple of minutes there, but in a world that is filled with ADHD, and, and the reason is is because we have social media and everything's like, and, and so as I began going to church, continued going to church, because I, I was scared of hell for several years, and, uh, and, and she said, well, aren't you scared of hell anymore? No, because I'm not going there. But the reason I'm not scared is because I knew how much God loved me. And once I started thinking, God loves me so much, I want to love him back. So my purpose shifted from I don't want to go to hell to I want to honor my father. I want to honor my creator. I want to return the love to him that he's given to me. My purpose expanded, and now worshiping him and serving him is no longer about avoiding something but gaining something. You see, when you don't have purpose, everything is defensive. It's a defensive posture. Uh, it's what I don't want. But when you start having purpose, now you find something you want and something you're going to reach toward. And if you're not careful, if you get outside of purpose and you get outside of that, you wake up one day and you go, I, I've had this more times than I can count. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I, I'm alive at this time. People have those questions, and some of you have them right now, and you're not alone. And the devil would love for you to believe you're the only person on earth that has that problem. But everybody has at one point in their life been awakened, unless you're a narcissist. We don't have any here at 11, but 
And you wake up one day and you go, and the devil comes and says, you know, why are you really here? You heard you were an accident when you were a child. Well, you know, you, 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 what are you even doing? And you begin to bite that. You begin to buy into that. And, and you, you, you start getting, for, I, I don't know why I'm here. What, what it's really saying is, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why I'm here. But God has a defined and designed reason for you being here. Now, you may not be living that out right now. And maybe this, this actual series will help you start going, you know what, I'm not just going to wake up every day and do what I've always done. I'm going to wake up every day and say, God, there is a purpose for this day. And you have a purpose for me within this day. And God, today, I'm only asking you to reveal your purpose today. And I'm going to be willing and I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to follow that. And I don't always understand it, but I'm going to do it. You see, God will oftentimes ask us to do things, and we have no knowledge of why he wants us to do them. And the problem is, we, we sit around and wait till he explains it, and God says, no, without faith it's impossible to please me. I want you to walk this out by faith. Just do what I'm telling you to do, and everything will be all right. But you have to trust me. You see, a lot of times, it's real easy for us to sing about the love of God. And, and, boy, we love God, and I love God. But when we start saying, I trust God, see, here's what we do. We trust people, and we love God. We should trust God and love people. Now, we should love God also, but we ought to, love, we ought to trust God and love one another. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He didn't say, trust your neighbor as you trust yourself. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And yet we spend most of our time trusting people, and people will fail us. We will all fail. Some of you think that you've never failed anybody, narcissism, and you just continue to believe you're all of that in a bag of chips and the rest of the world screwed up. But when you can acknowledge God every now and then, I make mistakes. But God, I trust you. I don't, and I can't, and don't get me wrong, they're, they're, I'm not talking about, yeah, well, I trust it, you'll get up, I trust you'll go to work, I trust, I, I, those are things, but, but the minute you put all of your trust, it says trust in the Lord with all your heart, it doesn't say trust in mankind with all your heart, let me tell you why, because people are people and we will let you down at some level. If you don't clap, somebody's going to look and say, narcissist. Fair warning. The beauty of life is authenticity, of, of being able to be authentic before God and before others. Now, there are times you need filters. I get that. But true authenticity is not afraid to admit that I, I, I don't have it all together. But when you start finding your purpose, you will start dialing it in. And you will start living life with, with greater motivation, greater incentive, because now you don't know what, just what you want to do. You know why you want to do it. Purpose divine, defined is having a purpose in life means having a sense of direction. Now, this little thing right here, if I wanted to go anywhere in our country right now, and all I had was an address. I could type that address in, 
in, in the state that that address is in, and I could turn this precious little voice I have on. It's funny how women use men's voices and men use women's voices. It's really strange. But it's called a global positioning system. Well, when you find God and God's purpose, it's called a God positioning system, GPS. And you wake up and you, you say, God, beep, 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 beep. Today, I need to know where you want me to go. I need to know how you want me to get there. God, I'm trusting you to position me in the place of my purpose because the place of my purpose is the place of your power. If you say, I'm walking a powerless and living a powerless life, it's probably because you haven't found your purpose. When I went through this two-year crisis in my life and I was not preaching and I, I was just wondering what God was, was going to do and, and you know, I, I, I was looking and thinking, well, I'm done in ministry and I was okay with God and I, I really, what I preached a couple of weeks ago, used to, I'd pray, God, I want to be more like you. That is a dangerous prayer. Because what when you pray that, just one example is this. That you have to love the way God loves. And there are some people you ain't ever going to love the way God loves. Uh, you pray that till you're blue in the face. So then I started praying. No, I quit that. I said, God, I just want more of you. If you get more of him, then you'll become more like him. And, and so I was on this two-year thing, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'll never preach again because people like me don't ever get to preach again, and you were such an idiot, and you go through all these things. You call yourself names. It's better, by the way, that you call yourself names than other people. You might get beat up. And so I, uh, I began to think through it, and I, I called some friends, and I had, because I had been all over the world and preached in different places all over the world, I had connections all over the world. So I, there was one friend of mine that said, you know, we have a... Uh, it was one of the largest TV, Christian TV networks in the world, still is. And he called and he said, you know, <clears throat> we're looking for a, uh, a person to oversee all of this, this network or this particular location in, in England. And uh, here's what we, we, we would offer you if you have an interest. It wasn't ever firm. It's just a discussion. And they said, we, you know, we'd give you a house, a nice house, a car. And, you know, pay's okay. It's not great, but, but you don't have to worry about anything. It's all taken care of. And boy, let me tell you something. I'm going, yeah. Sounded really sexy, you know, the, the having living in a place where. Have you ever noticed how British people sound smarter than Oklahoma people? Hey, let's go eat and let's have some lunch and discuss things. Where do you want to get a burger? You see the difference. And so I'm thinking that really sounded kind of sexy. You know, you got this, this British accent. Everything sounded cool. I, I love listening to, to, to British people. I used to listen to British preachers. So I thought, they just made me feel smarter. So I thought that sounded good. And then I, I, I love the ocean. So then another guy said, hey, why don't you go to Elbow Cay Bahamas and, and uh, oversee some real estate projects? And I thought, this is getting good. I'm thinking I should have done stupid a long time ago. I mean, this sounded really sexy. And how many, let me tell you all something. Sexy ain't always God. 
I mean, sometimes God comes with, with overalls on and a toothpick or a straw in his mouth. <laughs> it ain't always pretty, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I was entertaining these things, and then on January 3rd of 2016, I had this moment with God, and he brought me back to my reason for being on earth, and that was this. And how many of you know that, I mean, maybe you see it from a different angle than me, but I'm behind the scenes, and I'm just going to tell you all something. There ain't a lot sexy about leading Christians. I got to tell you all something. There are problems every week. I have issues. I am a spiritual plumber. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, every now and then, it's nasty and stinky up in here. And I'm thinking, but that's my purpose. You see, when I think about uh, what I want to do, and I say, man, God, I love people. I want to help people become better. I want people to do better. I want people to be better. I got stories to tell. I got sermons to preach. I got Bible verses to read. I can help somebody up in here. And so all those sexy things from the British accents and TV networks to the Bahamas began to fade on that January 3rd Sunday morning sitting in a church three quarters of the way up. And God says, what are you doing here? When God asks you that question, let me just tell you, there ain't no good answer. What are you doing here? I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in church. I'm here. Did I tell you to come here? See, God doesn't talk to me in King James. He talks to me in Oklahoma. And I said to him, God, you don't understand. Oh, if I'd have been God, I'd have struck me right there. Hold it, I created galaxies and universes, and you're telling me in your little human brain, your finite thinking, I don't understand? It was oops real quick. So sorry, Father. You see, I had a vision, but I had left out the purpose, the why. You see, there have been times I have thought about, it just thought, God, what else could I do? People, and I know they don't want to be, because I don't believe anybody is mean intentionally, but a lot are mean accidentally. And... And it's like every now and then it wears on you. Uh, about every week I'm invited to a conference, on a Zoom call with pastors from all over the country and business leaders all over the country. And usually there are 15 to 20 guys on the call. And, and because I know the guy that started it, they always ask me for my input. And, and I, I give a little bit, but then I listen a lot and one pastor basically on that call yesterday said, you know, I was fine until I became a pastor. <laughs> and then it became a disaster. <laughs> and and, and he, he was expressing, and you don't get to express that oftentimes. And most pastors won't talk about it because we're supposed to talk about things that make you believe what we want you to believe. What I want you to believe is that I would not be standing here today without a divine purpose. See, the why I'm here is the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. 
And there will always be voices trying to get you to walk away from your purpose. Your reason for being. You shouldn't do this. You failed too big. You've done too much. You can't possibly be doing what God's called you to do. Well, let me tell you, I hope you're standing next to me when Jesus comes back and I'm at the gate and he says, Mark Crow, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over the little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. Enter in. And I'm going to say, God, could I just be flesh one more time? one more time see our flesh is so powerful so strong it desires its own way and if you're not careful that passion will be misdirected because it doesn't have purpose connected to it you see even in relationships when people decide to dwell together marriage It's the weirdest dynamic, the strangest thing that God ever created to me. Two human beings full of self, full of flesh, their own opinions and ideas, come together in holy bliss. And then it happens. You wake up one day, 30 years later, and... You went from a cute poodle to a Sharpay. What happened to that? It will happen. And you say, this is where you go, why did I say I do? The purpose has to be enough to say, because I really like to you then and I'm going to like you now I'm going to like you now you see because because the vision was and some people get married because they want to have kids and, 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 and women are so nurturing and wonderful and awesome incredible ladies you're, you're amazing and then <laughs> I, I, there was a story of a man who said, God, why did you make her so beautiful? He said, so you'd love her. Why did you give her that beautiful flowing blonde hair so you would love her? God, she's really built. Why would you do that? So you'd love her. But God, why did you make her so dumb? He said, so she'd love you. You see, you have to, I can tell that one's going to last about five days. But if we don't have, see, a greater purpose, and and oftentimes when we're young, we don't. We're filled with raging hormones. We look at somebody, and, and they're attractive to us, and we never see beyond that because we have a vision of walking into a room and somebody going, man, your spouse is looking good. Instead of realizing when God brings us together, he's merging 
two purposes and two missions. And they are far deeper than the surface of human beauty. And so if we could go back and I, I, I just sometimes say, God, could we have just one mulligan? And some of you go, what's a mulligan? You've never golfed. I love mulligans. I believe in nine every round. Anyway, so God, give me another shot. Give me another chance. Because all of a sudden when you get older, you start realizing that the things that used to be important and you thought were important were really very shallow. Kind of like me getting saved. I got saved so I wouldn't go to hell. That's shallow. Now, it's smart, but it's still shallow. Because all I'm saying is, God, I really don't want more of you. I just want less of hell. And so purpose, when you start defining purpose, it it gives me a reason beyond the the shallowness of going to the gym because I just want to look good. And instead of realizing, God, this is the temple you've given me, and I want to take care of it, and I want to be healthy, and, and, and I want to be able to do everything you've called me to do until the day I die. I want to be Caleb at 85 years old. God, I'm as strong now as I was then. Give me the land. You see, some people say, well, you know, I'm getting older. I can't do the things I used to do. I can still do everything I did in my 30s. I just don't recover as quickly. I used to give myself 24 hours. Now I afford myself about five days. (laughs) But don't ever talk yourself out of what Jesus died you into. You have a purpose until the day you die. And some people live their whole life thinking, man, I I work 40 years and I'm going to retire. And then you're going to die. That was a terrible prophetic word. I don't mean literally, but here's what happens. You can Google it. People oftentimes retire and all they do is get up in the morning. They have nothing to do. Now, you can retire from what you don't like doing to, to start doing something you like to do. But don't ever quit on life. If I ever wasn't preaching and retired from a miserable job I didn't like, I'd come to the church and I would say, what can I do in the house? Help them, Jesus. Listen, you were not born, nor was I born to do nothing. We were never born. If the goal of your life is to wake up and do nothing, then nothing's going to happen. We have a battle to fight. We have a revival to start. We have a renewal to begin. We've got a purpose in this world that's going to hell in a handbag. And we know the Savior of the world that died to keep it from happening. And it works through us. You know, we have, we every, every week we have all these different servant leader categories. And, and, and I'm not being mad. I'm just being real. Can I just be real? Can, can you not get mad at me or just not stay mad at me? But you know, some people say, yeah, yeah, I don't really feel like going to church this morning. Hey, I can't make it. If I couldn't make it every time I didn't want to make it, y'all wouldn't even know who I was. I mean, it's like a pastor wakes up on Sundays and goes, oh boy, I just can't wait. I know they're going to be trouble, people with issues. Ooh, yes. And people are going to be mad, and they're going to be angry, and the music's too loud, your bass too long. I can't believe you use that sample. Thank you, Jesus. But my purpose, I care more about what God thinks than what people say.
you have to care more about what God says and God thinks than what anybody else. You got family members, I can't believe y'all get up and go to church. And they'll do it every holiday season. I can't believe you Christians. And I had an uncle that used to just berate my mother. I mean, my mother was an outspoken saint of God, loved Jesus. She led every one of the family to Jesus over time. But he used to shame her. And finally, one day, he gave his life to Jesus. My mother never stopped. She said, the purpose of God is to spread the gospel around the world, and that's what I'm going to do. And it may not be the entire globe, but you live in a world. Whether it's your workplace, your neighborhood, he said to take the gospel to the world. We have a purpose beyond what we can imagine. It goes on to say it means knowing what you want to achieve and why it matters. And why it matters. I recently was having a conversation with a mortgage broker who actually uh, worked with, uh, back in the years, opening up the New Jersey casino for Donald Trump. He said, I worked day in and day out with him. He said he was hard to work for, but he did what he said. And we've had those conversations, and some of you I just irritated. I didn't mean to, but I'm giving you an opportunity to grow. <laughs> but he said, uh, he said, uh, he, he, so he's now he owns a mortgage broken company and loans money, gets money for people to have houses that they've dreamed of. And he knows I'm a preacher and, and we've lived close to each other for about five years. And he said, I said, you know, I said, we were just having this conversation last week. I said, I, I, I can't imagine ever not doing what I do. And, you know, I'm thinking about this series the whole time, my purpose for being. You know, I wasn't put here just to have a good time. Now, don't get me wrong. In the presence of Lord, the Lord, there's fullness of joy. But I'm not living here for myself. I, I'm living here. I've been bought with a price. My life's not my own anymore. It belongs to God. And, and, and the greatest joy of my life is doing what God wants me to do, even when I don't want to do it sometimes. And when I do what he wants me to do, I just automatically find this joy. But going into it, I didn't find it. So anyway, I'm telling him, I said, you know, I don't ever want to try it. I said... And I looked at him because I'm kind of trying to witness a little bit. And I said, you know, I said, just think about you for a minute. Because he kind of indicated, he said he didn't really want to retire. He could. He's a multimillionaire. He could walk away. He's lived in Brazil. He's lived all over the world. So I looked at him and I said, you know what? Every day that you show up at the office, you're helping other people's dreams come true. What a great purpose. I said, you are helping people get what they've dreamed of having. A house, a home, first-time buyers, people who are upgrading. And he looked at me. I said, everything in life, if we'll just look at it, if our purpose includes making life better for other people, there is no greater purpose on this earth because that's what Jesus came to do. In Mark, the most fabulous book in the Bible, the book of Mark, chapter 10. There's a debate going on. You remember James and John, the sons of thunder. They were just out there. And Can you imagine the 12 disciples? They were all just kind of at odds with each other. Jesus had a group. That gives me great hope that the church is okay. I mean, you had guys that were positioning themselves to be next to Jesus, and you had Peter who wanted to cut everybody up for messing with Jesus, and then he denies Jesus, and 
you have all these diverse groups of guys, and so they're having this debate in Mark chapter 10, and when the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John because they were bucking for position next to Jesus in the kingdom. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. So Jesus is talking about the flesh here, uh, positioning yourself so that people respect you instead of positioning yourself in God so people will love him. And so their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus in that moment was telling them and creating a contrast between humans and God, saying the reason I'm here is is to not lord over you, but to come to serve you so that you will know what to do when I'm gone. The reason I promote serving in the church so much is you got to understand, Jesus himself said, this is my purpose. So if you wanted to emulate someone in, 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 you know, in a world that is so overcome with celebrity, I mean, Taylor to me is not so swift. With all due respect. And I'm not meaning that to disparage her. It's not her fault. She's just doing what she's called to do. But people are so enamored by celebrity status that, that somehow we get caught up in this and forget there's a greater purpose in worshiping humans. We're called to worship God. Not Lord over people, but to come under and serve people. And so if Jesus' purpose is, I don't want to be like Taylor, I want to know God. I wish I had that talent. I don't. I could live my whole life and try to pursue it. It never happened. I wouldn't even find an agent that would take me. But sometimes we try to live somebody else's life and like by, you know, try to find somebody that we think is great and somebody we want to be like instead of saying, you know what, I want to know my purpose. I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to be like the person God created me to be. You know, I think about, I, I often, I'm, I'm just always thinking about different professions and vocations because as a minister, I'm preaching to a broad group of people. And there are, there are school teachers that, that will never make more than forty to $45,000 a year. And, 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 and in some ways, it may, it's become one of the most difficult jobs that there is. And, and so if you're a school teacher, man, I respect you. I honor you. Keep up the good work. But to, to stay in a profession where you're not sure how parents are going to respond, whether there's going to be a school shooting, you don't know. You can't discipline kids anymore. Listen, I tell you what, I... I got paddled so much that, that the reason I'm kind of slight on the backside is I got paddled all the time. You touch a kid now on the hand, and you're going to prison five to ten. And I'd go home if I ever. I never told my dad I got swats because then he would give them to me. He never asked me, well, what teacher did that? What? what? No, he'd say, like, well, you must have gotten one. Dad, I didn't do it. He said, yeah, but you probably didn't get one when you should have. <laughs> Thanks. I love you too, Father. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and so we've lost our sense of purpose 
We have passion for making money. We have passion for becoming great. We have passion for building buildings. We have passion for all these things. But before you ever let that passion be unleashed, it has to be connected to a purpose or quickly it will fade or it will corrupt you. I have to remember why I'm here. My purpose every Sunday is to simply dispense information that might give you a thought that will provoke you to live the life you want to live and that God has called you to live. Don't be talked out of it and don't be criticized out of it. When I first came back, you know, nearly eight years ago now, I had people come and say, you know, there were people that would talk to people. I think, I think that's called gossip. And, and the Bible addresses that in, in a very ungodly way. He should never preach again. Why should he ever preach again? Well, I had one answer. Well, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I don't want this any more than you do, but I'm not going to stand before you. I'm going to stand before Jesus, and he's going to say, hey. He does use hey. And I'm going to stand before him, and, and I want to be able to say, God, I made a lot of mistakes in my life, some bigger than others. But there was one mistake I didn't make, and that was this. When I fell down, I got up. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. God, I honored your word. I honored your word. I'm not coming to you in my own strength, but I believe you. I trust you. I love you. And if we will give God that opportunity, you see some of you have failed and and you've been convinced, and other people told you you can never serve. You're not a good Christian. You can't take communion. You do all these things. You can't serve because you do all these things. Let me tell you something. God looks at you through eyes of grace and forgiveness when you turn and you repent. Say, God, I've blown it big time. God, I'm not having, I'm, I'm having struggling right now. I'm going through, I can't serve because I'm going through stuff. Let me tell you, you will never serve because you're always going to be going through stuff. You'll never serve if you use that as an excuse. See, the devil loves it when he can steal your purpose. Let me tell you why. Because he can't steal your salvation. But he can steal your purpose and give you a miserable 60, 70, 80, 90. And some people will live to be 100 just because the devil wants them to suffer. <laughs> some people say, I want to live a long time. I want to live as long as I'm in the presence of God and as long as he wants me here. The minute God doesn't want me here, I want to be out. I want to be out. Why? Because when my purpose is done, I'm done. And, and y'all ain't going to shut me up anytime soon. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to shout from the rooftops, and I believe this year I have a vision. I know what I want to see here. I want to see people that are ordained to be at Mosaic, at Mosaic. And let me just tell you something right now. As you pray, there are people right now that are supposed to be here who are not here. And when you get out, and, and people are supposed to be in other churches, and I mean, I have no problem. Used to, I didn't, I, I had a hard time, man, man, I took it personal when somebody left the church. I'd chase them. I literally would. I'd find out. I'd go to their house. I was a pit bull. And, and I talked about 70% of the people into coming back, and I should have not done that. I should have said, please leave. 
See, I was trying to play God. And what I realized, maybe their purpose was different. Maybe it was over. But let me tell you something. Don't ever do anything without the Holy Spirit leading you to do it. After I learned that hard lesson that, that I was trying to play the Holy Spirit, now all I do if somebody comes to me, and some people get excited about telling you they're leaving. Have you ever known that there are people who want you to hurt? They, they really look forward to it. I mean, I'll never forget the first lady that came up to me and said, I could tell by the way she walked. There's something about a woman. You can tell whether she's happy or not happy by just simply entering the room. You can tell by the walk before there's ever talk. And I could tell the way her hips were slinging, this was not going to be good. And she looked at me, and she smiles, I'm leaving your church. I said, really? She said, yeah, there's just too much levity here. Yeah, I was probably wrong. I looked back, and I said, then levitate on out. I would like to issue a public apology and repentance. But I was so convinced. And I, the pendulum swung a little far, you know what I'm saying. But, but I got free from trying to tell people what their purpose was. And I started telling people they had a purpose, encouraging them to find their purpose in order to live the life that Jesus wanted them to live. You see, and then I will try to close with this. Luke chapter 19. Jesus had just had this conversation with Zacchaeus, who everybody hated. The town hated him. He was a thief. He was a tax collector. And Jesus looks up while he's in a tree because he was interested in Jesus. And he, he was so intrigued by the power of Jesus. It was probably in a secular way because Zacchaeus loved power and money. But he was interested in this guy named Jesus. He climbs a tree, and Jesus doesn't just look, hey, little man up in the tree. He says, Zacchaeus, come down today. We're going to your house. Uninvited. Zacchaeus' life turned around, and he says these words, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. What's critical about this is Jesus is saying, my purpose wasn't to come and fit into the economic and political structure of the day. My purpose was to come and seek and save the wealthy, the poor, the good, the bad, and the ugly from being lost and separated from their Creator forever. He said, that's my purpose. I came to seek and save the lost in Zacchaeus. That includes you. People don't like you. You're a thief. But today, salvation has come to your house. And I have accomplished my purpose, or I'm still accomplishing my purpose because I sought you out, and now you're saved. Please don't ever make a decision without filtering it through your purpose. I've done it more times than I'd like to count. Regret every time I made decisions without asking the question, why? Why am I doing this? I still ask that question today. 
God, why? I, I had 10,000 people, 10,000 members. I preached at Hillsong. I preached in South Africa. I preached all over the world. And now, God, why? He said, it never changed, Mark. Your call has simply to, be tell, to tell my story to whoever will come and listen. It's not about the size of the crowd. It's about the size of your faith. With that said, I think there are tons of people that need what Mosaic Church has. I think there are hundreds and thousands of people that need an authentic church that honestly has very little human agenda because quite frankly, folks, I've seen the big church. I'm not boasting, but God allowed me to build one. And you know what? I'm having the time of my life right here. You see, when I started, that was probably a bigger purpose, was I want to show my mom and my dad and other people I can do this. I don't have to show anything anymore. All I have to show is, God, I'm going to show you. I'll do whatever you tell me to do, wherever you tell me to do it, however you want me to do it, I will do it. That's my purpose. So let's make 2024 something really special. Listen to me. This church won't grow because of a person. It will grow because of people. It will grow because people of faith. I was picking up my car the other day at a dealership, and, and a guy was in there. He seemed like a friendly guy, so we started talking. And then it, the question always comes up, what do you do for a living? My standard comeback historically has been I'm a behavior modification therapist. Because then people are intrigued. They think you're some psycho brilliant man. But when you look and say, I preach Jesus, they look at you like you're from another planet. So I looked at him. I said, I'm a pastor. He said, really? And I began to say, yeah. And so I was talking to him. I said, you need to come to church. It was a simple conversation. It wasn't anything flashy. And we went on to talk about it. You see, you never know why God puts you in the place you're in talking to the people you're talking to. You never know. But if you understand your primary purpose, which is the same as every human being on this earth, is to glorify God, then ask yourself the question in the midst of this conversation I'm having, how is it glorifying God and how is it helping them? That's our purpose. As a church, that's our purpose. I love the fact that you come here to grow, to hear. But it's not just about you. And, and you can go out of here, Pastor, that was a great sermon. I used to live for those words because I was so insecure. I lived to hear, that was a great sermon. I'd go home and go, yeah. You chose wisely, Lord. <laughs> See, that's what flesh does. And, and I don't even live for that anymore. Anything. Now, if all of you, anybody feels like saying it, it's welcome. But it's not what keeps me coming back. What keeps me coming back is that you got something. And rather than telling me it's a great sermon, go tell somebody else it was a great sermon. I don't ever need to hear it, but somebody else needs to hear it. Because let me tell you something. There's not an agenda here. Uh, and I can say that. there is not an, there, Our agenda and our purpose 
is we're going to glorify God until the days that, we, that I can't glorify God. I'm going to do that. And I want you to do that. I want us to do that. And I believe there are people out there, like I said, that they need what we have. Thank you, William. Love you, brother. And I will say this with all sincerity and those of you watching, you do not want to miss this series this month. And I've already laid out the next two months. One of them is burning bridges. Know when to burn them and when not to. How to deal with bridges that you've let people cross. That's going to be next month. Then I got March already. I'm just telling you, God began to deal with me yesterday. I, I spent hours. So I know God's up to something. And you think God can't use you. Sometimes God uses the most baby Christian to make the biggest difference. You've heard me talk about mature Christians. There should never be one mature Christian on earth. There should be maturing Christians. That we should always be growing. We should all, always be, be, like, I hate to use the word evolving because somebody will misuse that. But, I mean, that there should be this process that we're going through to get bigger and better and stronger. Live with purpose. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for having a purpose for our lives. Thank you, Father, that you are continually addressing us, impressing us with your will and your purpose. May we be sensitive and may we listen and may we hear and may we respond and may we walk it out. Lord, I pray that we would leave here today realizing that no matter what we've done wrong, the sins that we've committed, the purpose for which we were put on this earth has never changed. And it's never too late to engage that purpose in our lives. May we do so starting now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want us all to pray this prayer together. And those of you watching online, pray this with me if you would please. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today I am born again. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, either to renew your faith or for the first time, I want you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Follow that template, 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED. Okay, do that right now. In a moment, as we prepare to leave, our prayer team will be to the left of the stage. Those of you in-house, if you prayed that, I would encourage you to go visit one of our prayer team members and just tell them, today I gave my life to Jesus, would you be praying for me? They will not counsel you. They will not shame you. They will celebrate with you. And so please do that. At this time, I want to receive our tithes and offerings. And I want to say this. I want to thank all of you first for, for such a great uh, finish to the year. Uh, this LED wall behind us uh, that you uh, purchased uh, to enhance primarily, not just here, but our online audience to engage them in a world that is so flashy uh, and, and so accustomed to having things like this. We just want to step up. We'll, we do whatever we can to reach lost people. 
And I know that doesn't make sense to some of you, but I'm in this world and been in it for 30 plus years. And I know what it takes sometimes to grab somebody's attention so that they will hear you. And so that's a part of it. I want to thank you. Uh, I was thinking about this, and I want you to listen to this. It's a prayer, a confession. And some of you remember when we used to do this years ago. And, and, uh, and I may reinstitute it. It's kind of strange in a world that, but, but, you know, you have all these prayers that other denominations do. And I thought, you know, this is kind of ours. As we bring our tithes and offerings unto the Lord, we are believing for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, bills decreased, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, did you notice the finish of that prayer was the purpose? All the blessing that we prayed about for the purpose of promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, if we prayed that prayer without that conclusion, it would be passion because we all want to be blessed. And there's nothing wrong with that. We all want to be blessed. And I hope you are blessed. I hope you get blessed. But you have to do what it takes for the blessing of God to come on your life. And let me tell you, you don't want blessing without God. Blessing without God is, is passion without purpose. Because once you get it, you won't know what to do with it. But the Bible tells us very specifically that if we will obey him, he will bring blessing to our lives. And he said, if you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, I'll open the windows of heaven. And I'll pour out blessing so much you won't have room enough to contain it. And then he says, once I do bless you, here's what he says. And this is the part that's critical. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You see, God will not bless you without taking the devourer out who wants to come and, and corrupt your life by saying, I'm so wealthy, I'm all that in a bag of chips, I'm so awesome, I have all this money, I have all this status. See, that's what money without God does, oftentimes. Not everybody's that way. There's some really good people who don't know God and have money. I'm not, but I'm just going to tell you, God says, I will protect the blessing that I'm putting on you, and I will protect those who I bless. So you say, well, I, I want that. Okay, well, then just obey that. And you know what? I, I, give, I give and tithe because God said to. That's my purpose is God said to. <laughs> Whatever God chooses to do after that, but God said to do it. So now my purpose is greater than just God. I want to be blessed. God, I want to honor you, and I want to obey you, okay? So if you want to give today, the QR code's on the screen behind me. You can put your smartphone on that. It will take you to the giving site. If you don't have a smartphone, you can uh, just text the word Give to 405-546-2226, 405-546-2226, and you can set up a debit or credit card in, in that process. It'll walk you through it. You can give on your way out. You can mail it to 5821 Northwest Expressway, Oklahoma City, 73132, uh, or you can go to our website, mosaicokc.church forward slash give. Numerous ways to give, and, and people who usually get mad when offerings come tell me that they're really struggling with obeying God. And, and so don't get mad at me. I'm, I'm trying to help you know there is a purpose behind God commanding us to give. And his purpose is, I want to bless you. Can I trust you with the blessing if I bless you?
This is one of those pastoral moments. Anyway, love you very much. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come to the left of the stage. Uh, if you need prayer for any reason whatsoever, please go visit them. If you want to receive communion, you can do that. You can either be served or serve yourself. We have communion available every service. Uh, also, I talked about serving. Jesus said that was my purpose for coming was to serve. Uh, if you want to serve, and please, I would encourage you. I know some of you are going, man, I know I'm supposed to. I know I need to, but I don't want to. You know what? This is not about your want to. This is about your obedience. Once you do it, you're going to be glad you did. So if you want to serve, and starting in 2024, text the word SERVE to 405-513-10, and it will walk you through how to sign up, and then we'll have someone call you, and we will get you plugged in, okay? And, and you know what? To me, just say, hey, wherever you need me, that's what I would do except the nursery. And all of you who work the nursery, I can promise you, you're going to get an express pass to heaven. Uh, it, it's great. Some of you love kids and little babies, and that's awesome. And, 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 and I honor you and respect you, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for working with kids nowadays because that is a task, okay? But let me tell you something. I believe when Jesus said, let the little children come. You mess with little children, better off to have a millstone tied around your neck. God kind of likes kids, all right? So get involved. Okay, let's stand. If this is your first time here, we have a gift for you at the Welcome Kiosk. Please stop by and pick it up. Thank you for coming. Happy New Year. You do not want to miss next week. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week. And get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.